This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and UpSnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. Welcome to another another episode. This is a show about uh, evolutionary astrology, soul channeling. I like to bring some stuff in about mythology and uh, and the journey of soul over the course of many lives. And tonight, I'm going to look at that particular angle or mm -hmm, that thing from two different angles. One, actually three different angles. One is a, a collective human thing about becoming empowered over the course of many lives as groups, as a collective. And that's the idea of healing colonialism. Number two, we're going to look at on the individual level, um, Donald Trump. I'm going to do a karmic profile of him for you. I think I've done something in my blog before really briefly, but it's been a few years. And he um, – how do you say this? He never quite stops – uh, evolving the largeness of the expression of the themes that I talked about then. So I want to talk about him. You know, he's, he, he does everything he can to be, to remain a news figure. I'm going to talk about that and also talk about that, uh, you know, his public image and, and his uh, bombastic uh, personality and, you know, his whole sun deal on the North Node. And then also um, we're going to look briefly at the chart of the United Kingdom in terms of healing colonialism. And I'm going to have a couple of things to uh, to say about that. I uh, Well, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I want to tell you that the other day I charged the first round of 11 Oralate 23 pieces. And uh, I feel different since I did it. And I keep, part of me keeps expecting myself to revert to where I was before I did it. And it's not happening. And it's almost as though I had this vacation, but I can tell it's not going to end. And uh, what I feel free from is part of like certain layers of my relationship with with frustration, with how I've dealt with energy and emotion and anger and just how my mind has gone into certain thought patterns that don't serve me. With Oralite 23, I'm very conscious, like using it for the previous five months, I become really conscious of – in every moment, I can choose what vibration to align with, even if my brain or some part of me has something that might not be, you know, whatever, positive or enlightening to say, it's fine. I just don't align with it. I don't feed it. I don't go into that place. So it's been kind of an amazing process for five months, and the audio diaries on the Oralite 23 page tell the story. I did get an email today that the link to the sixth one isn't working, so right after the show, I'm going to fix that. There are six there. I recorded a seventh while I was programming them and charging them, and I'm just kind of waiting to put it up until I um, – until I, well, it, it, if there is some kind of line that I cross in processing the experience of programming them, which was awesome and kind of life-changing. So 
So five of the 11 are spoken for. You can pre-order for a few more days, and then they're going to go to the uh, to the to the regular exchange rate after that. And um, you, first come, first serve right now, getting on this pre-order list for choosing uh, the piece that, that you want. I've sent it out to a few people, and I'm uh, going to be doing that over the next week, and then we'll have all of those, uh, all that set. Also, there's another round of charged Tiger Iron pieces up on my site, another 10 or 11 pieces, and those are good for grounding. It's I've been kind of realizing that all the stuff that I do, it might not be clear where to start. Like if you said... I kind of heard that um, I heard that kid on that radio show and the podcast, and and I want to I want to know more. I want to figure out what's going on with him and where he's coming from and how he does what he does. One of the major things to do, even if you come to me, you find me because of an interest in evolutionary or karmic astrology and the journey of soul. The uh, upgrading of consciousness. And self-awareness so you can become a more conscious operator of your life regardless of you know what your interest is in finding me even if it's just astrology out of all the things that I do uh, where to start is tiger iron and channeled meditations to really get into your body and clear out the foundation of your energy field um, last week I did a show on this on uh, explaining the ins and outs of this and uh, I actually um, as it is now, when you subscribe to the iTunes podcast, you uh, get one episode a week. And then, you know, like after tonight, that Tiger Iron show from last week goes away. What I've done is I put that episode on SoundCloud because I want – and it's going to be permanently there. You can look me up on SoundCloud. You'll find this episode. And I'm going to also be doing some other audio things uh, there and also – actually, this I'll make this my formal announcement uh, – transitioning over to doing a podcast on SoundCloud – uh, beginning soon, and I'll wrap up the soul's journey here on CTR at the end of August. So just be aware, SoundCloud is where you're going to find me going forward. But that Tiger Iron episode is going to sit on SoundCloud because I want everyone to hear it, to really understand the point of getting grounded. The other announcement is that August 4th begins the Asteroid and Centaur live video class. I'm really stoked about that. And uh, you can get all the details uh, on that through tdjacobs.com and, uh, and in my blog. But essentially, 11 archetypes that I add to chart analysis are going to be explained in terms of first, myth versus archetype, myth being social instruction, what the culture tells you you should and shouldn't do regarding this life experience or this element of self. And then uh, archetype, which is how you're actually wired and how you, how you actually need to express and unfold in your conscious development over time. So the difference between myth and archetype, and then teaching you how to use them in charts. This is a fantastic, uh, fantastic class. Uh, the bodies included um, two Liliths, the asteroid and the true black moon, asteroid Lucifer, Eros, Argensuri, which is one that I've introduced to astrology about our relationship to inner wisdom. Um, the centaurs, Nessus and Chiron. As you may know, I specialize in Chiron, and I've added Nessus in in a loud, in a loud way. So it's not on all the centaurs, but on the two that I use. And uh, the rest of the list is in my blog. You should check it out. And also every Friday I'm doing these uh, asteroid and centaur reports, which include the links to the class. And this is telling the story for the week of what's going on with the these eleven these eleven archetypes. 
So that's all uh, extremely, extremely exciting. I'm still adjusting to uh, still adjusting to life after charging the Oralite 23. I had no idea that what happened was going to happen. <laughs> as uh, as often happens, I know I'm going to energetically program a certain set of stones. And even in the case of the Tiger Iron that day, I have 40 pieces ready to go, and I picked uh, 10 out of the mix, set them aside, and I knew that you know at some point in the next few days or week I would do that. And and that morning I suddenly felt inspired to do it, so I dropped everything and I did it. And that actually turned out to be a great setup to do the Oil Light 23 a few hours later when I suddenly knew that was the time. I'd known for, for weeks it was coming up. So uh, just kind of adjusting to, you know, feeling my mind a little less complex in its distractions and diversions and its criticisms and its commentary and judgments on things, feeling more focused on what I, what I choose to vibrate. So the Oral 23 is, uh, yeah, well, some of what, as I, I've said before, some of what I've read about it before I got it was hyper, seemed hyperbolic, but I get it. And it's actually not, it's appropriately bollock. It's, it's just right in the bollock, in the bollock sense. Okay. So let's transition into the show. I want to tell you there's an episode of a radio lab, a radio lab episode that I heard. It's another podcast. I, I listened to it and it's called, I think it's called, uh, Mau Mau, M-A-U, new word, M-A-U. And it's about the um, this rebellion that took place in uh, British-ruled Kenya between 1952 and 1960. And documents that were saved by British officials and then taken after the colonialism ended there, after Britain pulled out uh, in the early 60s and then Kenya became a sovereign nation. Officially, like the birth chart we would use for Kenya is this particular date in, in 1964, but, but basically all this stuff was happening in the early 60s. In 1963, the decision was made. But anyway, um, I, and I listened to this episode and documents about the treatment of of Kenyans is as far as like policies on dealing with communities, but also specific issues with some really uh, terrible human rights violations. These documents have recently surfaced based on a court order for them to be dragged out of the archives. The, uh, <laughs> the, the hidden place where, where British files are kept. So I was listening to this and I had some jaw dropping moments. I think a ton about colonialism you don't know that from listening to the show or reading my blog, but I think about it and I think about slavery both as, you know, being being in the U.S., it would appear that slavery and colonialism are things of the past. They're, you know, huge things that have to do with how, you know, the country that I, I'm, I'm in, that, in which I was born and raised, um, what has been shaped, Right. You know, the United States, you know, those 13 original colonies were colonies and then rebellion, blah, blah, blah. But also the whole thing about uh, the whole thing about race is, is real. And the whole thing about, um, you know, pushing people to the fringe, dehumanization, 
part things that are part and parcel of slavery and colonization these are not in fact things from the past in the US we have had riots and we have had um you know uh lots of uh national conversations about race coming up because of police shootings and other things that are you know that that in different ways are or seem race related very everything's very complex i'm sure everyone's aware of you know th this this stuff unless you're living under under a rock and please don't live under a rock please don't think that being spiritual or 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 you know living toward metaphysical uh uh you know in wonderfulment means that you shouldn't pay attention to the news <laughs> so anyway um please don't live under a rock but but the, the all this stuff is up right now is and for me colonialization and slavery are are two of the you know handful of things that we as a collective need to heal so uh the british government essentially apologizes and makes some financial restitution to the people to the to the kenyan survivors who sued the british government so this is all a big deal over the last few years uh i just heard about this yesterday when i listened to this this podcast so i'm not sure how much of this is recent but i know that these you know this group of of kenyans these older survivors from from this group essentially people in their 80s the older people got permission to essentially sue, sue the government of the, and it's been taken several years and in 2012 apparently some documents started to come up what i wanted to talk about and i'm going to give you the chart of the uk for reference um what i wanted to talk about uh briefly is so you can understand more about the effects of the Pluriana squares when it comes to a country so so with the uk we have uh january 1st 1801 a midnight in in london england and the south node of the moon is libra in the first at 14 degrees so of course almost all of these Pluriana squares activated that pluto squared and and uranus opposed the south node um what i what i've been thinking about with this and i i looked at this chart in the jimmy savile uh karmic profile i did which was an extra which was a, a free uh, a bonus an extra bonus to this podcast uh last year sometime or a year and a half ago um because i was talking about the the revelations of uh, untoward behavior from public figures and how that affects the British people, how it affects people uh, in the UK. And being all the shakeup from the Pluto-Uranus squares drives change. Pluto squaring the south node, squaring the north node, says, and Pluto's passing over the UK's sun, by the way, at, at 10 Capricorn during this process. And, um, you know, you can't keep appearing how you appear the south node in the first you can't keep doing what's comfortable and there's a long-term um kind of sandpapery growth process that is occurring that the uk and all of the people affected by colonials colonialization co affected by um all of the things that this the various governments in, uh, from this country from this this uh Commonwealth of countries has done over many many years this thing with the Kenya with the Mau Mau uprising these survivors suing the government and getting restitution and acknowledgement uh, 
of these wrong of these uh, human rights violations and tortures and all these terrible things. That is part of what, on the face of it, may look like a humbling for this this country that was once, you know, managing the largest empire on the planet. But this is part of our collective healing, and that's what I want to get at. So, yes, the chart of the UK has all this stuff in here. Um, you know, this stuff activated by the Pluto-Uranus squares, also its moon at 19 Cancer. That means, you're, you know, Uranus is squaring it, Pluto is opposing it. It's kind of like highlighting a lot of these things, right? The nodes and the lights that are, that are opposed to each other, luminaries. So this is a long-term shakeup to learn through different choices about what power is. That's kind of what this whole show is about. Because the collective learning about colonialization – I'm going to mess that word up almost every time I say it. There's something with how I say L's, and I'm sure you've noticed if you listen a, listen a lot. Um, but anyway, um, colonialization um, – <laughs> I'm be so embarrassed as I butcher that. Um, collective healing about what power should look like because what colonial powers do is about money. And, and if you're sitting there saying, yes, I'm a, I'm a loyal metaphysical radio show listener, and oh, yes, they shouldn't do that. That's terrible. Think about money. Money's fine. Money's a reflection of energy. But if individuals and collectives believe that money brings power, then things have to crumble eventually because that's, that's an external – like pinning your ability to be empowered on an external reality. That's not going to work. So this Pluto shakeup in the UK chart is a humbling, and it is uh, – what I really want to point out though is you know, the, this is kind of extending the conversation about the Jimmy Savile thing from a few years ago. Just, just for your reference, if you don't know who he is, he, is a, he, was a, he, he has been deceased for a few years, but um, after he died, there were – there was a lot of public – he was a BBC host, an entertainer, and a public figure, an entertainer. And beloved, well-known, beloved, instantly recognizable for decades. And there were all kinds of uh, things coming up after he died about him seducing teenage girls. And these women in their 40s and 50s, if I remember correctly, come, you know, the age range, I don't think many more that much older, coming forward and saying, yeah, this is what happened to me when I was 15, 16, 17. So this image of this beloved figure gets shattered. And what happens in a culture, that's a root chakra thing. Again, this is Pluto. This is about root chakra. This is about power, the foundation. We're also talking about moon stuff because of the collective uh, thing that collective idea of self that holds us together. What can happen is root chakra leaks can begin because the image of who we have been is is now shattered. We may feel a little sick. So what I want to tell you is, and this is kind of why I'm bringing up this 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 mamau thing and and these revelations. I think also because I like saying that. I mean, of course, I want to say meow, meow, right? Of course, that's not right. That's not what the Kenyan rebellion, it's, you know, anyway, Mau Mau rebellion or uprising. Um, 
Yeah, I do like saying that. But part of the thing is that to keep an eye on um, the population in the UK and what's going on in a large-scale way about health. Realize that when cultures have these humblings or something that disempowers the group in general, people who have ascribed or joined in with the collective idea of self, this is who we are as a community or as a, an ethnic or national identity, then certain things, root chakra, immunity, safety, security, but immunity is a lot of it, can be affected. So, um, you know, I talked about this in terms of uh, Brazil's love of soccer sometime after the World Cup last year because they hosted it and then um, they didn't win and it was like the worst thing ever. And I did a, 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 car, a chart analysis of the country itself and, and uh, Pluto's in the second house of self-worth and self-esteem and, you know, the ability to do things. And if, if I lose that ability, then I, you know, I may seem or feel like, like a failure. Um, so keep, you know, keep an eye, you know, it's kind of like a weird thing to do, but to say on this radio show, Hey, if you are connected to the UK, if you live there or are from there or have a, an emotional connection, even a past life connection, realize that as revelations like this continue, um, you know, the CD underbelly of what we did for power, what we went through, um, don't lose energy about it. Don't leak energy. Realize that you have some connection, but you don't have to lose power or strength or health because of it. It's almost like the same thing. I had a student a few years ago whose um, whose father had been uh, whose father had been uh, convicted of crimes and had gone to jail, and it was kind of a it was kind of a, a big deal in their area. And she was really affected by it, and it was hard for her sometimes to talk or you know, to tell me as a new person in her life what, what the story was. And I really observed her working super hard not to lose energy because of his choices, even though his, you know, what ended up happening affected their whole family and affected her. I really observed her kind of uh, being more conscious of a Plutonian thing of not losing energy in that way. And that, you know, that was great to see because we – we need to not lose energy because of what we're associated with if something goes wrong. We're all in a learning process. So that's a, that's a thing with the Mama thing. I, I looked at – well, I realized that looking at the 1964 chart of Kenya was not going to get me anywhere because this happened between 1952 and 1960, and the charts in 1964. So I went back to the previous chart, and it was a 1920 chart, and I was like, oh – Kind of, yeah, I mean, Chiron, Conjunct, Moon, and Aries, and oh, there's something in there. And then I said, well, wait a minute. What was going on? Like, basically, who was, uh, you know, occupying it before this official, uh, you know, British thing in 1920? And it was um, from some sultan in the area who had occupied it. In 1895, it came over to British rule. So then I looked at this 1895 chart. Anyway, the whole thing was kind of sketchy, and then I realized that that wasn't the point because it's not about it's not about the chart of Kenya or the protectorate of Kenya or the colony or whatever, British Kenya. It's actually about 
you know, Kenya participating in this story that the UK unfolds. And the UK was colonizing many, many places around the world. And I think some of these revelations about treatment of those peoples and, and certain policies that they're going to be really painful to look at and deal with are going to come up. So I recommend that you hear that recent Radiolab podcast called Mau Mau. It's radiolab.org, and I gasped. My jaw dropped, and I gasped, like making certain connections during, you know, during during the story. I love that podcast, but this was particularly impactful uh, for me. So just shift for a moment into the broad thing about colonialization, and then we'll get into uh, we'll get into our friend, um, um, Mr. Trump. Um, we're trying to figure out how to feel strong, which is a way – and this is Plutonian journey over many lives for groups, for nations, for, for tribal groups, as well as for individuals. When we talk when, when we talk on the show, when you listen to me go on about this about the show, it's often in terms of uh, the individual karmic journey that a person you know, is or may be on or how to understand that multi-life journey of let me try this. You know, Pluto and Virgo in the second. I need to, you know, I need to learn how to feel good about myself by choosing where I direct my energy and what skills I develop and developing self-worth in, a, in an intentional way, being of service, right? Okay. This kind of general overview of Pluto and Virgo um, in the second house, self-worth. Um, so in this life, I'm going to say, well, let me um, apply myself in school. Let me go crazy with the studying. Let me develop that skill so I can feel good about myself. Okay, well, that's what I'm going to try in this life or in this phase of life. In this other life, um, I don't really feel that knowledge is, a, is that skill. I feel like working with my hands is going to do it. So let me learn these five skilled trades where people would learn one or two. I'm going to learn five. Okay, well, that's another way. In another life – uh, it's about something else, but all these different angles on let me try to figure out how to develop self-esteem. Let me try to figure that out. The Plutonian thing with you know, colonizing another place is about using the resources of all kinds of that place in order to become more powerful because we think wealth is true power. We think that power is about money. Power is actually about owning what's true. So as individuals or groups, we cycle through painting these pictures of what, what we would like to be true about power, that if I'm on top of that hill and then I'm in charge, I can tell you what to do and you can't tell me what to do. I could laugh in your face if you told – you know, whatever, that I'm in charge and you're not. I get to call the shots, then I can create safety and security for myself, which is the primary concern of the root chakra, one of the archetypes where Pluto, that, that uh, fits in this root chakra in the system I use is Pluto. So why does somebody want a bunch of money? We're, get, we're easing slowly into a Donald Trump. Why, <laughs> why would somebody want a bunch of money? It's to feel powerful so you can create safety, so you can feel that your life is worth living if you're in control of your safety and security. Control is another Plutonian keyword. 
but realize that people who overexpress that Plutonian energy of that, that can come out as domination, they are trying to create safety for themselves. For some of us, that can be knowing where food's coming from next week. For some of us, it's thinking ahead years or decades to some imagined, you know, retired state or something. Uh, for some of us, that, that means leaving something for our loved ones so they are safer and more secure. And, but there's the, this normal thing that we, you know, we have this survival instinct and then we put our clever minds toward working toward it and then all of a sudden like, you know, some country colonizes a bunch of other countries and becomes an empire. And that's an expression of the collective journey to try to figure out what power is. And ultimately it's in telling the truth. So with revelations that come up about these heretofore hidden <laughs> documents uh, that outline the terrible things that that colonial government uh, in general and very specifically did to, you know, populations and individual uh, Kenyan people that, that inspired this rebellion. Um, all that stuff can be used not to leak energy, but to, but to own the, the collective thing and learn to heal it by not feeling shameful because we're learning through making choices. When you when you hear this episode, you're going to hear you know of, of uh, Radio Lab. You're going to hear, and they say to you, "Look, this is you know perhaps not pleasant to hear what we're going to get into in the next few minutes." And if you have kids, you maybe you know maybe um, stop listening or something. But these these stories, you know, we can own what we've done, and own what the people we identify with have done, and we cannot lose power with it. We can actually choose to love these versions of ourselves and our ancestors as works in progress. That kind of thing is an in to Plutonian healing of some of these kinds of things. So let's go over to, um, let's go over to this guy, this guy with the hair. Um, one thing, uh, let me give you his data. Uh, June 14th, 1946, 10.54 a.m. in Jamaica, New York. Again, that's June 14th, 1946. 10.54 a.m. in Jamaica, New York. I was surprised at how old he is. I didn't, I didn't have any idea he was born in the 40s. Uh, I guess he really does a good job with, um, you know, I guess that hair throws me, I guess. I, well, anyway, so, um, so I think that when I do karmic profiles of people, I sometimes say or often say stuff like, um, you know, let's uh, let's choose to look at this person as a divine work in progress and all this stuff about giving the soul the benefit of the doubt. Because um, even if somebody is um, – oh, even if we can't <laughs> – even as the Oral 23 is making me choose my words intentionally, even if we can't find a bunch of loving things to say about a person, that person is part of our divine collective. So I just want to throw that in here before I make fun of him <laughs> in a way that's probably completely unfair. And uh, the Oral 23 will probably be like, what are you doing? Um, one of the things that that's really um, loud about his chart 
is uh, the sun conjunct the 10th house Gemini north node. So south node's in Sagittarius in the fourth, and and moon is with it. So there's a story, you know, there's a whole story. But what I what I really get about him, uh, and then I was uh, reminded today when I saw this chart, um, what there are two other things that kind of really jump out at me. Actually, three things. But but the sun in anybody's chart conjunct the north node says in the family in which I was born and raised in many lives, sun is missing or a healthy way to do solar energy is not available. And what that means is the people who are showing me how to do sun, don't, meaning other people in my family, need to learn some stuff about it because they also might not, not have been shown how to have a healthy ego. So when we, when we see a sun conjunct the north node and somebody is bombastic and overblown – and thinks the world of his or her opinion, and you can't reason with the person because there's just like all this hot air emanating 24-7 in a kind of absurd, inexplicable way. Sun on the North Node can say, I have an idea of what I think a healthy ego is, and I'm going to do this idea. Like nobody showed, showed me how to do the sun in a grounded way, so here I am willy-nilly doing the sun. Because when a planet is conjunct the north node of the, of the moon, its healthy expression was far away from us. We either say, I'm going to have that no matter what, meaning I'm determined, I'm bent, or I might not think I deserve it. And sometimes people go back and forth, but obviously he's the kind of guy who came into this life and at least – Definitely this was expressed as a child from what I was reading about him earlier today, what I could stand to read. <laughs> but, uh, um, this kind of overdoing the sun. Now the sun's in the 10th house, and so there's a natural ambition that goes with this. So the caricature of himself that he's, he's like constantly playing him, you know, playing a caricature. He's like playing a – I feel like he's a sketch comic doing a performance art gag on the rest of us. That's a lot about his son on the North Node. He has an, on the 10th house. He has an idea of what a business person is like. He has an idea of what a career should look like. And he has an idea of what power looks like. Some of the acerbic uh, quality uh, that he has, including the um, – well, just, just the – kind of obnoxious uh, you know, expression he brings is partly about that sun on the north node and it's partly about Aquarius – or sorry, Uranus on the sun. That can, that can make a, a, a person maybe disconnected from the effect that he can have on others and it, and, and it brings smarts and he certainly is a smart person. You can't tell that by – read about him because you, you can't tell that when he talks, especially lately when he was um, – Talking about how the people, the Mexicans who are coming to the U.S., all that, all that garbage, that they're not the best, they're not sending us their best, and they have problems. And let me lift them for you. That whole bit is part of that, um, Son Uranus. You, you can't tell now that he's smart because he's overworking to stay in the public eye, which is part of his uh, son uh, on the North Node in the tenth. And also, by the way, I perceive this is why he's making a bid for president. He has. Obviously, he has no interest in, you know, 
leading in the way that leaders lead. He just needs attention. And that's part of this son in the 10th kind of haywire, you know, gone haywire. Um, another thing about his chart that's kind of interesting uh, is that Mars and Leo in the 12th, three degrees-ish above the horizon, when a planet is there, you know, say within three degrees or so of the horizon in the 12th, it was rising. Its light was coming from the eastern horizon at the moment of birth. So we put great emphasis on the rising sign and that a planet there is also really, really loud. And then the way that I think about it sometimes can unconsciously lord over the person's energy field and the rest of the chart. So we have Mars and Leo kind of lording over you know, all this. So there's another part of that brashness, also ambition and drive and you know, going for it you know, and being sometimes abrasive and, and egotistical. Um, also, Pluto's in Leo in the 12th, and one of the classic things about Pluto in the 12th can be not being grounded but being a bit megalomaniacal, not being grounded but having such big ambition. It's like Pluto, you know, how do I, ex how do I explore power in the house of Neptune, the house of everything, can have a voracious appetite to, um, in this case, Leo, you know, to do things in a Leo way, which is like saying what he thinks and doing what he wants and, and grasping at material reality to feed the demons, so to speak, to feed the inner demons. So those are some details, but I want to I wanna keep going here. Um, the South Node ruler tells a huge part of his story. And just before the show started and I pulled up his chart again, I saw this detail. Um, so South Node is in Sagittarius. I'll just say that in the fourth house, fourth house south nodes are always about being defined by the people we come from. In his case, there is going to be a certain sense of pride about being a Trump, um, and um, his dad was a self-made man, and so of course he's you know kind of followed in that and and exploded in that direction and you know done his own thing. But there's going to be a sense of I know exactly what it means to be a Trump with the south node in the fourth house, defined by family the kind of people we are, you know, clear expectations of what it means to belong in this club, that kind of thing. Um, North Node in the 10th says, I need to go out in the world and make a place for myself and not be defined by family. Right? So there's, there's that layer. Um, but I want to go into the South Node ruler. South Node is in Sagittarius. The ruler is Jupiter. Jupiter is retrograde in Libra in the second house, conjunct Chiron. Um, this is a huge part of his karmic journey. Let's talk about the South Node. I'm talking about the the kinds of people and places the person is born to in many lives. So it's karma we share with our families. Stuff we're all working on together as a group. We probably have different ways of working on that. We have different angles, different karmic stories about whatever these energies are. In his case, Moon and Sag and, you know, and the fourth – South Node Ruler is how this individual fits into or shows up in the family system. So in other words, he comes from a Sagittarius fourth house place saturated with moon. He is a second house Libra figure conjunct Chiron and also Juno, the asteroid Juno. And he's retrograde. So South Node – I'll just tell you this right now. South Node Ruler retrograde means I probably tend to overdo something I haven't thought about. 
I probably have an idea of something and I hammer away at it and eventually get burned out and realize I maybe should have done it differently, but I didn't want to do it differently because I'm habituated because I'm a person who is, after all, a primate and we are creatures of habit. So second house is, as I mentioned in that earlier Pluto example, Pluto and Virgo in the second, about self-esteem and what you can do, what you can't do, how you feel about that. Um, so Southland Ruin II says he has to prove his worth in many lives. He's going to feel compelled to do that. Second house, you know, material world chain of reality is I want to survive. I feel this urgency to survive. I don't know why <laughs> uh, because I'm an animal. Uh, and how do I do that? I need to make sure that I have stuff, including food, oh, I, and I need a roof over my head. So uh, how do I do that? Well, I have to get money. How do I get money? Well, I have to do something to earn money. Well, okay, what can I do? Well, I can do those two things. Those aren't really valuable. Let me figure out – You know, so I'm gathering skills, putting a price on them if I feel good about them, and then – selling those skills and then making money so I have food. So again, basic Plutonian reality of the urgency to survive, safety and security, let me know where my food's coming from tomorrow. Whatever second house things he's hammering away at, in this case, a kind of a voracious appetite for stuff and for people as stuff, <laughs> um, just stuff, including people. Uh, that voracious appetite, he's overdone it in a bunch of lives. Jupiter is retrograde. He should have some kind of crisis where he sits down and says, you know what? This just isn't satisfying. He's not there yet. He may never get there. He may – well, you know, whatever. Get dementia before he gets there. He may not figure it out. But that's the, that's the, the evolutionary arc. In many lives, he's going to have this inner breakdown where he says, wait a minute. All this money doesn't make me happy. Why am I doing this? All this all these things and all these people that I treat as things, they're not doing it for me. You know, this kind of like process, he should kind of crumble. This should crumble after day. That's why I was kind of surprised about how old he is. <laughs> you know, he's in his late sixties. I was kind of surprised. Because a lot of people figure this out before <laughs> before their late sixties. Like people are actually clever when they're not, you know, uh determined and bent on some you know, habitual preference or some kind of like a voracious appetite. So the South Node ruler retrograde says he's got to figure out a new way to be in the second house. He's got to figure out a new way to value himself. Like the best thing that could happen to him is to lose everything, but to make a new friend who has everything or nothing, but who doesn't care that he has nothing. And to say, you know what? You're a nice guy. If you were, I mean, that would be the, that would be like a, fa a fabulous thing for him because he needs to value himself in a new way. So South Node ruler conjunct Chiron says that I have a wounding to my self-esteem. It's probably obvious to everybody because he over is overblown, right? He overcompensates. Combination of that Mars on the ascendant, I have something to prove. Combination of Sun in the 10th house on the north node, I have something to prove. Combination, you know, adding in South Node ruler retrograde in the second house, I have something to prove. Conjunct Chiron I have to overcompensate. And what the, th the detail that jumped out at me from my, um, my memory was when I did uh, Vladimir Putin's chart 
last year or a couple of years ago when I was talking about um, the hyperbolic overdoing of the tough guy image because he has, I think it's Sun, Neptune, Chiron together. So he's got Sun, Neptune, so he may sometimes feel like, you know, boundaryless, but then he's got Chiron there. He's super sensitive about how others see him. So he also overcompensates, overcompensates with self-confidence. I don't think we have a birth time for uh, for Putin, but we definitely do for, for Trump here. Um, for the, the Kepler-Pluto flyby party, I um, – I said uh, – I was talking about Plutonian stuff. The, the organizer, Donna Woodwell, asked me uh, about the talismans I make, the, the charged onyx for healing Plutonian issues. And to talk about that, and I was like, yeah, there's this place within us that we don't want to go because um, you know, all of our parts of ourselves we're not sure if we should like live there. It's kind of dank basement that doesn't get any light and they're sitting there wondering if they're loved. And these are Plutonian parts we fear. And I talked about loving your inner Hitler. And then I was like, actually, you should also love your inner Donald Trump. That's kind of where the show is coming from because I was thinking about that. The inner like greedy monster with the voracious appetite. Yeah, we need to love that part too. We, love the part, we need to love the part that's angry and that's intolerant of other people that will do anything to like uh, con- you know, construct the world in the way we want it. And, oh, those people, they're different. Get, get rid of them. Like love the part of us that that has the – Capability of doing terrible things and also love the part of us that's like Donald Trump. <laughs> so, so loving your inner Donald Trump. But anyway, um, you also need to love your inner Putin, your inner Vladimir Putin. Um, South Node Ruler Conjunct Chiron, myself in the second house, my self-esteem is wounded. I'm not sure that I'm worth anything. That's the irony of his human journey. Karmically speaking – he thinks he's not worth anything. Deep, deep, deep in his emotional body, there is there are records. There's graffiti, some crayon mark on the walls, you know, some writing on crayons, some markers, some sharpies. There's all kinds of messages from certain experiences and other in the mouths of other people that become his own inner, you know, part of his own inner narrative, inner monologue. Um, I'm not worth anything. I'm not worth anything. You're not worth anything. That's part of his karma. And the put on the 12th thing can also be the need to learn to let go, to release, whether that's releasing people or projects once the relationship or the project have matured and blossomed and you know, you know, signaled that we need to move into the future, whether it's letting go of control. That's, I think, what it comes down to a lot for him is is letting go of control and the fears of what would happen. So in some lives, he's having what he creates yanked away, and he's feeling disempowered through a loss of control. So of course he's overcompensating now. I just named several chart factors that you know could uh, indicate somebody who has a multi-life emotional history of this kind of thing that could lead to overcompensation in this way, um, this kind of egotism. But at the core of it, we have, you know, Southland ruler conjunct Chiron in the house of self-esteem, and also in Libra. Um, Libra is about trying to find balance, and in the meantime, often exploring extremes. So, in some lives, imagine, imagine in some other life, this soul, who is in at this 
you know, born in 1946, alive in 2015, this part of the timeline. Imagine this soul in another life, a six-year-old kid who's drawing a picture of a snowman and somebody smirks at it and he never draws another picture. And imagine, you know, <laughs> not being ambitious because somebody else didn't like your creativity. Imagine not expressing your creativity and imagine not saying anything. Imagine not allowing yourself to bring something to the world because you're not sure if it's going to be good or if people will still like you, meaning if they will still love you, meaning if they will reject you and leave you all alone, that's what the South Node ruler, Conjunct Chiron and Libra in the second is. An intense fear of being alone, a wounding to being rejected for what you do or how you do it or what you find valuable. So this soul is living this life as Donald Trump in a cultural context, meaning our collective thing in the 50s, 60s, 70s up till now, you know, in this part of the Earth timeline, in this, in this culture, we are trying to figure out how to step away from external ideas of what power is. We're cycling through greed and, you know, you could criticize capitalism, but that's kind of fruitless. But, you, you know, you could criticize any of these things, but I'm just saying that we're cycling through an experience of thinking that we can feel good about ourselves if we have money and all the things that it brings. Um, yeah, so he's cycling through that. He's agreed to be a poster child for a lot of the rest of us as he learns, you know, to be an example of you know, get, you know, amassing resources so we can do whatever he wants. And this whole presidential campaign thing, it's complete baloney. It's just um, it's, it's just baloney because he just needs attention. He needs to know that he matters. Sun on the north node in the 10th and the Chiron in the second. He needs to know from other people that he matters. So if people are talking about him, then he can have this – illusion that he's relevant and the best thing for him would be to um be in a room by himself for three or four months no six or eight months like a long time and to go on a silent retreat like he needs to go he needs to go do several months of like vipassana retreats and not be able to talk to anybody and scan his body energetically and practice you know mindfulness and intentionality and really work on the energy flow, right? Because he generates a tremendous amount of uh, acerbic, abrasive, critical energy. <sighs> Plus a giant comb over. He generates that too. So anyway, so that's my thing on uh, on Mr. Trump. Actually, the moon's on his Jupiter today. Uh, so <laughs> so he, he, maybe he's found a reason to feel good about himself that uh, – that isn't about aggrandizement or overcompensation. Anyway, there's a lot of different things in every chart that uh, you know that we can we can look at. But I just wanted to jump around and, and, and talk about some of those some of those scenarios and those situations. Um, Saturn is in his fourth house, and so he's getting a bunch of invitations to really look at 
what's happening on the inside. And we don't see that because he spends so much energy, you know, being this, this caricature of a 10th house son, um, you know, with Uranus and Gemini, he spends so much energy doing that. Um, but Saturn is there for, I guess, maybe another two and a half ish, maybe a little longer years. It's going to go over his south node. He's going to see past patterns and how they don't work. And he's going to get all these uh, and over his moon. So ideas of what would make him happy as far as, you know, Sagittarian excess or myopia uh, are going to are going to uh, to come up. He's going to see certain things that do and don't work about all of this. So anyway, so we can, we can watch, um, we can watch him, uh, learn his lessons. Right. Uh, anyway, so my girlfriend sent me some pictures and it wasn't like four or five. It was like, um, I don't know. It was like 40 or 50 or 60 pictures of, uh, cats with, uh, on some fun, funny site that seems to exist for linking on Facebook or whatever. Some some cats with like comb overs like that, like hair from a brush that that was used to brush them, and then the hair was put on their heads, and a photo was taken, and it was really one of the funnier things uh, that I've seen in quite a long time. Um, anyway, so that kind of also inspired me to do this because I was thinking about that like that external image and the grandiosity of you know this the self image. So let's stop talking about him. He's gotten enough attention. Let me just recap some of the announcements. Um, more Tiger Iron is up. New pretty pieces are there. Orlite 23s is uh, ready to go, and uh, it's charged, and pre-orders are open for a little bit longer. And, um, yeah, the Asteroid and Centaur class uh, starts on August 4th, a live video class. If you can't make the class, you can get the videos later. You can still sign up that way. And um, you're going to get awesome handouts with keywords for houses and signs for each of the 11 archetypes. It's awesome. So check that out through tdjacobs.com and also check out last week's how, Why to Get Grounded, How to and Why Get Grounded uh, with the uh, Tiger Iron uh, episode that's posted on SoundCloud. Just look up me on SoundCloud and you'll find it. Thanks a lot, everybody, for joining me. I hope this was uh, enjoyable for you uh, as it was for me. And uh, I will talk to you uh, next week with the monthly drawing winner. Take care. You've been listening to The Soul's Thank Journey you. with Tom Jacobs. All right. A fresh Bye-bye. look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.